And we're back. Podcast listeners, I'm hanging out with Rachel Lubavitsky, and I hope I nailed the pronunciation. I think I did okay. She is the founder and CEO of Everything Benefits. She is an amazing, amazing businesswoman. She uh, has just this brilliant background in tech and solving business solutions, and is just wickedly, wickedly smart. Like one of those, I don't feel intelligent enough to speak to her, um, but yet she has a way of being able to articulate and just, uh, just, just share her dreams and her visions so very well. So I really, really enjoyed having her as a guest, um, and I hope you enjoy just as much listening to it as well. Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, Matt. Well, this should be super fun. I'm excited about uh, kind of the direction of this conversation. But without further ado, do you just mind just sharing your story? I'd love to hear your background. I'd love to hear, you know, just just where you're coming from and what's led you up to today. Sure, sure. Um, I'm a technologist. Uh, I've been sp- spending the last 20 years building uh, software tech uh, for businesses that's what I do. That's what gets me really excited. Um, I think what's kind of fascinating about it is we have so many things that are oriented at individuals. You can buy, well, you can buy plane tickets uh, on on your cell phone. You can buy movie tickets. You can order food. You can do so many things as an individual using the tech. But on the business front, uh, it is kind of lagging behind. And because businesses are driving uh, our economy around the world, I think it's a fascinating challenge to see how we could tackle that and how we can make things better, bring them to the same uh, kind of experience, not just for the individuals, but also for businesses. So that, that's been really exciting journey. Uh, my co-founders and I uh, built three other, uh, well, two other businesses uh, in a different areas of business tech. All of those were really exciting journeys, and we are continuing to have fun and uh, enjoy everything that we do every day uh, during those journeys. What was your first taste for like business tech that got you fired up? Like what was like the the very first time, maybe it was growing up, maybe it was recent, I don't know. But what was the very first time you're like, wow, I love, 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 love this whole idea around business tech? I think one of the first areas uh, where I had gotten uh, some appreciation for it uh, was uh, after finishing college, I I, uh, have a master's in computer science. And uh, to me, computer science was spending nights in a computer lab playing games um, hanging out was was other, other. What was the what was the go to what was the go to game? Um, the uh, the thing that uh, the the little worm that that goes everybody played different games. Uh, for me personally, I love that that uh, I forgot the name of it now, but it was a little like the, like the arcade style worm game where you're like trying yeah, to exactly. get the snake. Like... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Love that. <laughs> love, love, love. All right, so so you you dabbled in the late night late night gaming sessions. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> uh, and and then and and then my my first job was on Wall Street. Uh, uh, you know, working at a large financial company. And when you go up, when you show up to work and you see hundreds, I don't know, it felt like thousands of computers in a giant room, you kind of get a taste of this is how the stuff actually works. And this is this is what's kind of driving what all of us see every day. 
so it was very humbling uh, and kind of intimidating to see all that and seeing hundreds of software developers just toiling away every day at their computers. So uh, a, a lot of it was kind of amazing and affirming that, hey, that's what I love to do. Uh, but ultimately, when I got into it a little bit, I really missed the human interaction. I really missed being able to talk, uh, you know, to, to different people, think about different ideas. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different culture, different lifestyle. Uh, you, you don't feel with so many people around you that you really are making an impact. And so that's what drove uh, me and uh, several other like-minded individuals to kind of get back together and say, hey, you know what, let's, let's build one of our own. And that led us to start building our first uh, venture. And, you know, the story still continues. So quick question on the, the Wall Street side of things. Were you, um, were you brought on as like an analyst? Were you brought on to write models? Or what was sort of your first dabble in, in uh, going from computer science background in college and, and nerded out and playing a little games to Wall Street? What was, what was your first like entry or maybe first couple jobs on Wall Street? Uh, writing communication software that uh, communicates uh, business information or trades uh, from point A to point B. So you were like the, the modern day Twitter, right? <laughs> yes, many years ago, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, were you like, the, the desire, the excitement, the sort of mesmerization of uh, people writing code, was it that they could create something from nothing? Was it that they could solve problems that were inefficiencies? What was that like? I, I guess maybe, and it still remains true today, but was it that you could create something out of nothing? Was it that you could solve business problems? What was sort of the, the, the I guess, early stage excitement that may be tr you know, the same today or different today? Um, it's, it's, it's both of those things. It's, you know, all, both of us are having this conversation and millions of bytes and bits are flying around and making it possible, you know, looking at the screen, seeing your picture, all of that is thanks to the technology. And it is kind of, to this day, remains magical. Um, and the second aspect of it, exactly like you said, it's solving problems. Uh, so many things are now possible thanks to the technology. This is what's kind of unifying all of us sitting in our living rooms or dining rooms or kitchens. Uh, for these months, uh, this is what ha is helping to keep the world rolling in the middle of this pandemic. So yeah, definitely, it's it's solving problems uh, and helping us uh, make faster progress. Do you ever get overwhelmed with all the things that you want to do but you can't just because of time? Uh, no, no, that's 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 a good point though. Uh, I think it's it's important to know that you can't solve all the problems at once and some of them require a gradual approach so you get to better results if you just stay focused and and solve one little problem at a time just know that was my uh that was my cheap way of getting some advice today uh because i needed to hear that a little bit <laughs> no it's 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 something that you know i don't have a computer science uh background i don't have a i don't write code but i own a uh tech company myself. And now that I've sort of, we've been at it for five years, I sort of see the other side of what the amazing side of technology ideas can do. And once you're in the space, 
all the different avenues that you can pursue through tech. And there are moments that I'm like, man, we could conquer the world. And then there are moments that I'm like, man, I can't get anything done because I have like a hundred ideas and I have no idea which one to pursue. And it's this perfect, beautiful, horrific dichotomy of which path that I'm kind of thinking of that day. <laughs> it is, it, it definitely, you definitely feel the power of the tech and it does make you want to, yeah, go ahead and solve everything. But at the end of the day, and that's sort of what, what uh, led me to switch my focus a little bit from, uh, pure tech to more of the business, uh, you can write everything under the sun, but ultimately we are, uh, both of us and, and many others are working for the people. So unless they understand uh, their va the value, unless they buy in and adapt to maybe doing things a little differently, uh, writing all the software in the world is not going to change a thing. Um, you have to really relate to people and make sure that what you're doing uh, is what they wanted. Uh, it, it addresses their, their needs and they are willing to take the plunge with you to try something different. Uh, so yeah, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's, it's not a, about how much you, you write, it's, it's what problems it solves and uh, how people are willing to adapt them. Solutions. Yeah, that's that's a good, that's a good word. So, tell me a little bit about that transition from uh, basically the the technology side of things to the business side of things, and obviously that's the world that you're in today. But um, I guess when did that happen, and what was sort of the inspiration behind that transition? Um, I, I guess the inspiration was that somebody had to do this. I a, a lot of questions I answer was this: you know, it's got it's got to be done, so you got to do whatever has to be done. So uh, when we started to work on the first venture during, during the, the day, I was uh, spending time uh, writing code. And then in the evening, one of the partners, so we gradually, uh, we, we, we graduated to a full-time, uh, you know, work on the venture in stages. Uh, first, one of our, my partners, the developer quit his job, and then we, we continued to, to work while he was writing code to support him. And then I quit and uh, started to write code full time for the project. Uh, and, and the guy that was in the business on the business side of things uh, continued supporting us. Uh, and after work, he would come uh, to our basement and we would talk about business topics. And so that's when I started to um, in the middle of the day, somebody has to do business related things, write press releases, uh, talk to clients. Uh, talk to prospects. So I started to dive into it because, um, you know, we needed, we needed somebody to, to, to do this. And I found it fascinating. I, this is as much uh, exciting to, to build, building human relationships as it is to, to write code. And in fact, over time, I started to enjoy it more and more. And so at some point stopped writing code and uh, started to build uh, with humans. Uh, and uh, at some point, I, I went uh, back to school and, and, and got my MBA. I, I wanted to, you know, not just not just learn it uh, from this one instance of us uh, working on a company. I wanted to hear different perspectives and ideas and the theories and uh, really understand how stuff works and why. Uh, and uh, I was able to take back these business findings uh, to the subsequent businesses that we built ever since in a more systematic, um, systematic way. 
and uh, really enjoyed this part. So you, um, you're probably much more of a human than I am. Um, how do you? Why do you say that? <laughs> well, I, I say that in the sense that I am not very good, and I'm learning how to do this better. Of either, I view the world as process, black and white, or I turn off that side of my brain and I view it all as gray. And there's not a lot in between. Even that answer is black and white. And so there are days that I'm so process focused and I can make remarkably difficult and challenging decisions without any problems at all. And then there are other days that it's all about the human relationships, developing people, people working gray, not in black and white. And so have you ever struggled with being somebody so, so heavily on the technology side that like, I guess, how do you, how do you view the world as like process oriented? And then how do you view the business world as people oriented? And how do those two things kind of go together? Mm, good, good, good question. And I like colors, so it could be green uh, or blue or purple. Uh, or pink. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be boring, white, black, and gray. <laughs> Um, I think it's a little bit of both. And uh, I think entrepreneurship is the uh, really one of the very few areas where uh, for a moment of time until you get really big and, and you really have to start uh, splitting into finding people who are great at process, but maybe you get so, so, so specific that, that you, you start to diversify and look for the main experts in both areas. But entrepreneurship is this point in time where you actually do live in both worlds and uh, you are thinking about the ways, the systems, the processes to help uh, move your business to the next point, to, to uh, streamline, to make more efficient internally and externally. And at the same time, it's the people uh, who make things happen and uh, they are the ones driving the tech, no matter what we write or what we do. At the end of the day, humans are our customers internally and externally. So uh, looking for the ways to relate to them and understand how they think and why they make their choices uh, will help refine processes that are more in line with how uh, they normally execute. So all of it ultimately has to wrap around what humans like to do and how they function. Uh, and it makes it, I guess, a little bit more challenging, but also a lot more fun. And we're not designing for robots. We're designing for humans. Ain't that the truth? And uh, on that note, do you think humanity in general knows what it wants? Meaning when you put a technology, when you suggest an idea to somebody and it solves a problem that they didn't know that they had, or maybe it identifies that they have a problem that they're not willing to admit. Do you think people are often viewing the world from a technology provider standpoint? Do you think people are, are aware of their needs and aware of their problems? Or do you think technology actually succeeds when it's more sort of solving the problems in the background that people didn't know about? Mm, I think, and it's, it's a very good question. Uh, you probably hear a lot of the kind of creators of new ideas who maybe were before their time. You hear, you hear so many stories like that where they came up with something amazing. Uh, they had a vision of how this will solve some problem, but people were not ready for it. And so it didn't get adapted, but maybe a few years later, uh, 
humanity as a, as a group sort of fits into that mold and they are ready to have that problem solved. So you have a little bit of that. Uh, but ultimately, it is best to look at at least I, I shouldn't really say I should really say that the way that I, I work and my, my partners is we are actually actively looking for the problems to solve and then go back and try to solve them. Uh, we're not that creative as, as, as the example I mentioned previously that uh, somebody that, that can envision maybe the problems of the future and come up with solutions for them. I, I think it's a little easier to look for the current uh, things that could be done better and then solve them. No, I think that's I think that's spot on. And let me give you an example of actually the first point you make. So um, I own a video interviewing company. So we help companies hire through video. And two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. So we, we've been at this for about five years. And really, we had a product mm, three years ago, two and a half years ago. And the number of people we pitched that to who came back and said, Video's the way of the future. We see that as the way things are going. That's awesome. Good for you, kid. Um, but that's just not what we need right now. Or that's, you know, that's that's far down the road. We're not ready yet. And then COVID happens, everything shifts remote, then video becomes an absolute need. And so to say that we were some, you know, futuristic company that was so far ahead of our time, that's not the point. But the point is we we lived that firsthand. And what I was what I've been trying to like hypothesize some is is it really we were just too ahead of the curve or was it we misread when people identified the problems that they were having, suggested that a video tool was a potential asset to them, and then when we built it and offered it to them, they didn't want it um, at the early time, like two, this is what I'm talking about, two or three years ago, were we just misreading the situation? Were people not honest with their problems? Were they more sort of supportive of the idea, but not actually, you know, benefits from the problem and truly has that problem. That's what I've been trying to figure out is like, whether it's with this company or the next one or whatever it may be, you know, how do I, yes, be slightly ahead of the curve, but at the same time also do what we thought we were doing and solve sort of initial problems as well too. So sorry, long rant, but I live that firsthand and it's been something I've been trying to think through as I go through the thought process of coming up with new ideas and new solutions to problems that I'm hearing and how to not be too far ahead of the curve while still, you know, being on the cutting edge. Got it. Oh boy, this is really cool. I am talking to the math, math creator <laughs> that <laughs> ahead of his time. Um, yeah, I think uh, maybe the idea was a little bit ahead of its time, but your time has come fortunately for you pretty soon, uh, you know, in in a, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I think where we are today is because of the pandemic. The working world has shifted, and so even if you know you go back to everything benefits example, as we were growing as a company, uh, we are based out of New Providence, New Jersey, and so the thought was, hey, let's let's build a team around New Providence, New Jersey. That's where we are. But uh, majority of our company, uh, of our employees had not been to the office since March 12th. And in that time, uh, we realized we could be perfectly um, effective and efficient uh, uh, working team solving all these problems uh, from our homes. And so we started to hire employees remotely. We have employees now all around the country. And... Um, we were not ready for that shift back then, but we had evolved. And so 
uh, products like the one that your company offers are super relevant now because um, none of the folks that are outside of sort of a driving vicinity we had met face to face that we hired. So things like that become front and center when uh, the marketplace evolves, when businesses and people evolve. I'll give you another example, which probably is so, sounds so parallel to yours, uh, OutSchool. Uh, basically, it's a portal that offers uh, instruction, kind of enrichment instruction for children aged 3 to 18. Uh, and these guys had been around for some time. But it's the pandemic that made their offering, moved their offering front and center where you had working parents working from home with kids uh, and those kids had no way to be engaged. Uh, Our schools were not prepared for uh, remote instruction in March. And so out school really became super relevant to keep these kids grounded and to help them continue growing and learning. Um, and again, it was one of those ideas that was maybe before its time, but now we had matured it. And now out school is a kind of a standard part of uh, our lives. Um, and our kids love it and, and they like taking classes. And we had evolved and we had, I guess, as, as a society sort of matured uh, to have our problems solved with this solution like yours. Yeah, and I guess maybe that's it. Maybe maybe part of entrepreneurship is, I mean, obviously so much of it, in fact, all of it is timing. But at the same time, you know, if you are ahead of the curve, it's having the grit and the idea to stick through it. But also, I mean, I never, 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 never would have expected that a pandemic would be the reason why our business would thrive. You can't really build that into a business plan, right? And so <laughs> I've, I've just been trying to figure out like, you know, how to, with new businesses, how to, yeah, again, just solve problems that I'm hearing, still try to be, and obviously as every entrepreneur is trying to do, still trying to listen to the voice of the customers, the people that potentially could be customers, but also be ahead of the curve without predicting, you know, pandemics to be the hockey stick growth we all wanted. So it's just, it's been a fun thing. It's been kind of a headache of like, Man, this is like so much to think about, uh, but it's it's also a really fun challenge to try to solve too. So um, for you, what's kind of next step in the business world in your current company with everything benefits? Like what's what's kind of next for you? Um, sure. Well, there, there, there are still uh, problems waiting to be solved. We are continuing to work on more products. Uh, to really round out what we have and our, our customers. And that's that's how we've always operated. Our, our, our customers are our muse. So we turn to them to really under, uh, understand, identify, study them, um, see what, what isn't working and how we can fix it as far as benefits are concerned. So this is incredibly exciting. Every time, it, it's like, I guess, a little bit like mountain climbing. Every time you get to the next peak, you see, oh wait, there's another one up ahead. Let's let, Let's go. Uh, so that's incredibly exciting. Um, so more relationships. Uh, I think also uh, I've commented before that uh, as much as we are all apart, this has been uh, the right time or a great time for us to want to be together. So some of the partnerships and new relationships that we had formed in the last six, seven months uh you know, are, are amazing and, and, and really awesome. And I think the fact that we are able to, uh, we have something in common. We have this, this, this big giant epidemic that's, that's sort of around us is helping us 
be more conscious of each other's needs and be a little closer and be a little bit more empathetic about wanting to help each other in any way possible. So it's, it's, it's helping drive a lot of the personal and professional relationships forward. Love that. And, uh, on that note, my favorite question in the world is what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? And around the idea of obviously, I love the thought that like, okay, so we could view the we could view the pandemic as one of the worst things that's ever happened. It's terrible, you know, there's no there's no sort of light at the end of the tunnel with this, but then what you just said, I think is such a beacon of hope in the sense that like this forces us to draw closer to each other. Yes, maybe physically at a time or two it's it's rem- it's remote. But this causes us all to be a little bit kinder towards each other. We all naturally have some baggage from this that we can come alongside, support each other, you know, just be kinder, be empathetic, as you referred to. And so I, I, I just see so much hope in that. Um, and so that's why I, I guess right now, and, and maybe this is just kind of throughout the course of your life, but also what is it that's driving you to get out of bed? What is it that's driving you to keep pushing forward and I guess have that hope as well? Well, uh, number one reason, I really, really love what I do. Uh, It's very, very fortunate to have found uh, what what makes me excited, what uh, wakes me up, uh, gets me out of bed every day. It's it's building things, it's solving problems, and I absolutely love it. And that's what uh, gets me motivated each day to get up and and, uh, solve problems using the tech. Uh, It's... Uh, very lucky and if if there's one advice that that i would share uh it's uh you know try to find as early as you can what what you personally feel happy and excited and passionate about and go at it that's a good word that's a good word um rachel what's the best way for people to either follow your company get in touch with you um what's what's the best way for them yeah i guess them to reach out to you Sure. Um, well, you can follow Everything Benefits on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I also am starting to uh, post uh, LinkedIn posts to kind of share some of the thoughts that uh, we come across from all these conversations that we are having. Uh, so our you know, LinkedIn posts, our Twitter. Uh, so those are probably the best uh, ways to stay in touch. Awesome. Anything else to leave the audience with? seize the day so make every day count uh we are on a journey and there's a lot to be accomplished that's a good word that's a great way to end this and wrap this up rachel thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast likewise thank you matt take care You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su- subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.